Open mine eyes that I may see Glimpses of truth thou hast for me Open mine eyes, illumine me Spirit divine Love of my life, I am crying I am not dying, I am dancing Dancing along in the madness There is no sadness like to invite you to a soul-level encounter. Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That's what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. You will hear the music that has charted the steps of their spiritual journey, that has provided a touchstone in the soul's dark night and sung the heart's awe and joy when come to the light. Over the next hour, you will be a witness and companion to our guests' spiritual path and sacred testimony. Welcome to Song of the Soul. My guest today on Song of the Soul is Tracy Ullman. Tracy grew up an ELCA Lutheran, but in a somewhat conservative congregation of that denomination. Very active until her 20s, she came to a major upset in her life, leading her to search on, including some years as a Unitarian and currently interested in Buddhism, but not firmly rooted anywhere. Welcome to Song of the Soul, Tracy. Thank you very much. I'm looking forward to it. Tracy, I think I've known you now for, I think I've known you more than 10 years at least through our mutual friend Diane. You've been a music teacher all of that time. Where have you been teaching? I've taught kind of all over the city, but mostly at Northwoods Elementary School was where I started, and then I taught kindergarten at several of the other elementary schools. Most recently, I've been teaching at North Star Middle School and also at Locust Lane. I teach first and second grade music. Do you play instrument? I play piano, and I've never called myself a pianist, but I get better and better as I do my job, and I also play a little bit of guitar, but mostly I'm a singer. Have you done singing to the degree where you've made recordings or shared that with other people, done performances? I've done a lot of musical theater in town and in my high school years, other places as well, and last year I played in a Balinese gamelan in Seattle. I'd like you to share a little bit of where you started from religiously and spiritually and where you are now. I was raised in a Lutheran 
ELCA congregation that was pretty conservative, I think, as far as those congregations go. I talked to some of my other friends who are ELCA, and they said, that's not the way Lutheranism is <laughs> everywhere. I was very active as a kid. I sang in the choir. I sang the liturgy. I was one of the cantors in, in front a lot of times. I was active in Friday morning Bible study, and it was a big part of my life and a big part of who I was growing up. As I got older, I continued to be active in the Lutheran Church at uh, Lutheran Campus Ministries at the University of Minnesota. And then I kind of got away from it due to a big event in my life. And eventually I got involved at the Unitarian Universalist Church in Minneapolis. For a long time that felt, well, for a few years anyway, that felt pretty much a good home for me and a good fit. And I was involved in women's circles and goddess studies and that kind of thing. And then I got a little bit more into some New Age kinds of things. Since then, gone to Buddhist meditation and done a few things. But as of right now, I don't really have a church home. Let's start with your first song. You chose Shut de Do by Sweet Honey in the Rock. Are you a longtime devotee of Sweet Honey in the Rock? Yes, actually, our mutual friend, Diane Pfaff, first introduced me to Sweet Honey in the Rock. And I love their harmonies and their voices and their spirits. Those women are just wonderful. Shut the Doors is one of those songs for me that, that speaks quite a bit to my past. When you say it speaks to your past, I sense a note in there that's not totally positive. What do you mean when you say it relates to your past? Well, when you listen to the lyrics of the song, it's all about you're shutting the door to keep out the devil. The way I was raised, there was a lot of fear-based theology, the reason for believing, the reason for being a good person, the reason for following the Christian faith was because you didn't want to go to hell. I was raised also kind of with the idea that the devil is around the corner in many guises, and you might not even realize, and when you're in the middle of it, that you might think this is a good thing, but really it's the devil in disguise. And that's one of the things that I've definitely rejected over the years. And I think it's sort of a terrible message to send as well, to not trust your instincts, to not trust what you feel to be the spirit, a place, or the people you're with, or the experience you're with, to teach kids to not trust that, to teach kids to always be afraid. I don't believe in fear anymore. Fear isn't what drives my spirit. I don't think God is a fearsome God. Well, let's start out by listening to Sweet Honey in the Rock as they sing Shut the Do. Shut the Do, keep out the devil. Shut the Do, keep the devil in the night. Shut the Do, keep out the devil. Light the candle, everything's all right. Light the candle, everything's all right. Oh, when I was a baby child. Shut the Do, keep out the devil. Good and bad was just a game. Shut the door, keep the devil in the night. Many years and many trials. Shut the door, keep out the devil. They proved to be they're not the same. Shut the door, keep the devil in the night. Shut the door, keep out the devil. Shut the door, keep the devil in the night. Shut the door, keep out the devil. Light the candle, everything's all right. Light the candle, everything's all right. Oh, Shut the door, keep out 
He's hungry for a soul to hurt. Shut the door, keep the devil in the night. And without your holy armor, shut the door, keep out the devil. He will eat you for dessert. Shut the door, keep the devil in the night. Shut the door, keep out the devil. Shut the door, keep the devil in the night. Shut the door, keep out the devil. Light the candle, everything's alright. Light the candle, everything's alright. I said, hey, 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 shut the door. Hey, 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 shut the door. Hey, 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 shut the door. Say a prayer, he won't be back no more. Shatido by Sweet Honey in the Rock. Do you like singing gospel music yourself? Is that the kind of music? Do you like singing hymns? I pretty much like singing everything, and especially things that have rich harmonies and joyous sentiment. I actually had the great experience of singing in a gospel choir at the University of Washington last year when I was doing my master's degree out there. The woman who led us taught us just from the words and without music, taught us all the parts. I felt like Aretha Franklin every single day, and it was one of the most joyous, wonderful, spirit-filled moments I've ever had, and it was great. I wouldn't say that I'm constantly listening to gospel music or anything like that, but I certainly enjoy the spirit-filled sentiment behind that and how it takes over body, mind, and spirit, and it's not a buttoned-up kind of thing, and I appreciate that. I've heard jokes about both Quakers and Unitarians about why they can be such bad singers, and part of it is because they have to read the words ahead to see if they agree with them and to see whether they can sing them. Do you have that kind of dissonance as you sing? Yeah, sometimes. Actually, I can put that aside if it's like I, I just enjoy the musical experience sometimes. And also sometimes I'm moved to think more deeply about the words that maybe I would have written off if they'd just been written on the page because of the experience of singing them. One of my experiences in the Unitarian Church that kind of turned me away eventually was they were taking one of the hymns that I knew the person who wrote it was a very Christian person and making it very secular. I just thought that was really disrespectful to the composer, even though I didn't personally necessarily agree with the sentiment of the words either. I thought it was disrespectful to change that. Well, the second song that you chose for your Song of the Soul, Tracy, is Amazing Grace, which certainly fits into Christian and gospel history. Any particular other connections you have with this song? It's one of those old standards, and I think regardless of whether you're a Christian or not, this is one of those songs that 
just brings up something spiritual within us. I mean, people sing it always with so much emotion, and it always has some sort of memories attached to it, I think. It was one of the songs they sang at my grandfather's funeral, and I hadn't really cried until we started singing Amazing Grace, and that's when I finally broke down and cried. In that sense, I have fond memories of it because of the nostalgia and the good parts of what I appreciated about my upbringing in the church. The things that I can't latch on to anymore is the whole idea of saved a wretch like me. I have a hard time with the whole idea that we're sinners first and foremost and that we need to be saved. I don't buy that. I just don't believe in our innate evil. I believe in our innate good. Well, let's tune in here and listen to Amazing Grace. It's by Lady Smith, Black Mambazo, and Paul Simon doing it together. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but Was grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace that fear relieved. How precious, dear, that grace appeared on the hour
Tracy, can you say anything about what took you out of your connection with the Lutheran Church? What kind of fomented a change in you that led you away from that? After my first year of college, I uh, went to Glacier National Park for a summer. It's actually where I met Diane. And um, I fell in love. And I fell in love with a really wonderful man who happened to be gay. I had always been taught that gay people were wrong and going to hell and that there was something inherently sinful about their lives and kind of who they were as people even. And I loved this man. It was sort of that moment when I said, if I can have this much love for this person, I know God has greater love than I have. I know that God does. There's no way I can be more loving than God. And if I couldn't damn him to hell or any other kind of punishment for who he is, there's no way that God could do that. It was a little bit like when I was a kid and my cousin told me that there was no Easter Bunny and then I realized, well, that must mean there's no Santa Claus too. All my house of cards sort of fell apart at that moment and I had to re-examine and question every piece of information that I had always just taken for granted that that was truth because that's what I've been taught. I had a real crisis of faith at that point. I also, at that time, when I got back to school that fall, had to write a paper in an ecology class about creationism or evolution. And I'm not the kind of person who can just write something for the grade. I couldn't do the paper. I ended up withdrawing from the class (laughs) because I couldn't write it. I, I couldn't write what I thought they wanted to hear, and I couldn't write it. It was one of the hardest moments of my life. Everything basically turned on its head for me, and I just had to re-examine everything I'd ever been taught. And part of that was leaving the Lutheran Church, because at least the Lutheran Church I went to wasn't saying what I knew in my heart to be more truth, my own personal truth, wasn't matching up with my institutionalized truth that I'd been taught. While it sounds like that was kind of the crystallizing event over which you left the Lutheran Church... I imagine there must have been other irritants or maybe forebodings that led you to it. Well, there were things along the way, like even when I was very active in the Lutheran Church in my high school years and before that, that the way they conducted business didn't make sense to me. And one of those was one of my other songs that I chose, You've Got a Friend, seemed to me to be sort of the ultimate song about Jesus. I wanted to sing that at church as a solo. And I was told that I couldn't sing that song because it was a secular song. The idea that there is such a division between what is sacred and what is secular, I didn't question it a great deal at that point because I was still one of the minions, if you will, (laughs) marching along and and believing what I was told. But it, it didn't set right with me, and it just didn't make any sense to me that that song which so clearly spoke about what love is and being there and what I assumed my relationship with God was, couldn't, I mean, how much effort do you have to put into it to think about that relationship as your relationship with God or with Jesus? So that was one of the moments where I thought, this doesn't seem to make sense to me. I imagine that if they can include the Song of Solomon in the Bible, that certainly You've Got a Friend has a place in church. Let's listen to You've Got a Friend by James Taylor.
trouble And you need a helping hand And nothing, oh nothing is going right Close your eyes and think of me And soon I will be Brighten up even your darkest night. You just call up my name, and you know wherever I am, I'll come running. Oh, yeah, babe, to see you again. Spring, summer, or fall. All you got to do is call, and I'll be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got a friend. If the sky above you. You turn dark and full of clouds, and that old north wind should begin to blow. Keep your head together and call my name out loud now. Soon I'll be knocking. Upon your door, you just call up my name, and you know wherever I am, I'll come running. Oh yes, I will see you again. Winter, spring, summer. Got a friend. 
ain't it good to know you've got a friend? Oh yeah, yeah, you've got a friend. The fourth song that you chose for your song of the soul is also by Sweet Honey in the Rock. It's called On Children. What part has this got in your spiritual journey or in your current values? Probably one of the very few spiritual books that I ever was introduced to other than the Christian catechism and Bible and things that I had been brought up with when I was fairly young, probably in junior high, somebody gave me a copy of um, Khalil Gibran's The Prophet. On Children is one of the chapters in there, and he speaks about a lot of different topics in his writings there. I really love this because it talks about allowing your children, or in any sense, the people around you, the people you love, to have their own beliefs and to experience the world in the way they experience the world. And I think that there's plenty of room for everybody's vision and everybody's points of view to make a complete picture of the sacred. And it was probably, in retrospect, a bit of an affirmation that it was okay to separate from my parents and separate from their beliefs and that they needed also to let me go, and that that's okay. I'm an only child, which I think has <laughs> has had an influence on how tied I was to my parents, and how long it took me to really, I didn't do much of my rebelling until well into college. And I needed permission to be able to do that. And a song like this that talks about how children have to have their own thoughts and their own beliefs, and you can't take them anywhere. They have to go where they're going to go, and you have to allow that. Helped me to realize it was okay to break away and to think my own thoughts, and it wasn't disrespectful. In fact, it was my duty to myself. Well, let's listen here again to Sweet Honey in the Rock. On Children is the song. Your children are not your children they are the sons and the daughters of life's longing for itself they come through you but they are not from you and though they are with you they belong not to you you can give them your love but not your thoughts they have their own thoughts they have their own thoughts you can house their bodies but not their souls for their souls dwell in a place of tomorrow which you cannot visit not even in your dreams you can strive to be like them but you cannot make them just like you strive to be like them but you cannot make them just like you your children are not your children they are the sons and the daughters of life's longing for itself they come through you but they are not from you and though they are with you they belong not to you you can give them your love but not your thoughts they have their own thoughts they have their own thoughts you can house their bodies but not their souls for their souls dwell in a place 
of tomorrow, which you cannot visit now, not even in your dreams. You can strive to be like them, but you cannot make them just like you. Strive to be like them, but you cannot make them just like you. I was tickled, Tracy, to find out that you have the same love for the movie Harold and Maude that I have. The next song in your Song of the Soul is one of the songs from that album. It's called If You Want to Sing Out, Sing Out. How does this song fit in your spiritual journey as a whole? I had a wonderful humanities teacher in high school, and he would have students over to his house to watch important movies and those kinds of things. And Harold and Maude was one of those movies that he showed us. And I was very disturbed by it the first time I saw it. It was way too dark for me, and I didn't understand it, and I was still of this other mindset. But it settled into me somewhere to the point where now I couldn't count how many times I've watched the movie. I think the song itself, if you remember in the movie, Maude is sitting at the old player piano, and you think she's playing, but she's not actually playing, and she's singing, and she's trying to get Harold to pick up a banjo. And it's such a joyous affirmation of just being who you are and expressing yourself and not being afraid to really explore yourself and to have fun, which, of course, Harold needed to do. I think the song itself speaks also, again, of kind of that theme that everyone's spirituality, everyone's vision, everyone's view of the world is an important piece of the truth. And I think that there's just so much philosophy and wonderful sayings in Harold and Maude that she's who I want to be when I grow up. And of course, the song is done by Cat Stevens, now known as Yusuf Islam. Well, let's listen to him, Cat Stevens or Yusuf Islam. If you want to sing out, sing out. Well, if you want to sing out, sing out And if you want to be free, be free Cause there's a million things to be You know that there are And if you want to live high, live high And if you want to live low, live low Cause there's a million ways to go You know that there are What you want The opportunities are And if you find a new way You can do it today You can make it all true And you can make it undo You see Ah, it's easy Ah, you only need to know well, if you want to say yes, say yes And if you want to say no, say no Cause there's a million ways to go You know that there are And if you want to be me, be me And if you want to be you, be you Cause there's a million things to do You know that there are you want the opportunities on and if you find a new way you can do it today 
You can make it all true And you can make it undo You see Ah, it's easy Ah, you only need to know Well, if you want to sing out, sing out And if you want to be free, be free Cause there's a million things to be You know that there are, 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 you know that there are. The next one is by some girls, the Indigo Girls and Galileo, and it too is one of my favorite songs. How do you relate to this song? Well, the Indigo Girls, I love them just because I always love anyone who can sing great harmony and do all of that. But the song itself is kind of speaking for me about reincarnation, which I'm not Buddhist, although I'm probably leaning toward Buddhism more and more as time goes on. But I definitely believe that if you can believe in a soul, which I think a great many of the world's religions do somehow believe in some sort of spirit that goes on beyond when our body dies, that it's just as likely or possible that you may come back in another body as opposed to just go straight on to heaven or whatever other options there might be. I look around and I see people who seem very much to be struggling and who don't seem to get it before they die. And I think there must be a way for them to continue to learn the lessons that they need to learn. Maybe it's a way that I can forgive myself for not learning all the lessons that I have needed to learn yet also. But I think that there are people who have learned those lessons, people like Mother Teresa and Gandhi and Jesus, certainly, and Buddha, and people who do seem to have all the pieces of the puzzle put together, that their essence and their core is so about love and compassion that that's all that they are. I think that that may take several lifetimes to learn through many different kinds of experiences and many different situations and all of the things that you could possibly learn from being a different person and living a different life. So even though it sounds to me like the Indigo Girls are really kind of struggling with the idea of reincarnation and haven't settled on that yet either, that's kind of where I'm at with that. Well, let's bask in the music of the Indigo Girls as they sing Galileo. Call on 
That's all I've got to say Cause maybe you squandered big bucks in your lifetime person you've chosen for your song of the souls van morrison here's a guy who gets really nice and earthy he's going to be singing in this song though into the mystic why did you choose this song and how do you relate to van morrison well i think earthy is the right word for it if you listen not only to the words but listen to the saxophones and everything that this song is first of all it makes me want to dance and it's just very, very sensuous and very sensual and sexy even. And I think that that's an important part of our spirituality, that we are sexual beings and that we are sensuous beings. Uh, one of the lessons that I also learned that I'm unlearning as I get older from my days in the Lutheran Church was this great separation of the sacred and the secular and the body and the soul, and that the body was bad and the soul is good, and that you should only think on heaven and not on earth, and all of those kinds of things. And I think that's not right. I think that we are meant to enjoy our senses. That's why we have them. And we are meant to enjoy the experience of being here. Van Morrison just reminds me that I want to always include that as part of my spirituality. And then, of course, the song talks about going into the mystic, which, again, is vague enough for me that I don't have a clear sense of what will happen when I die or how I will join the great beyond or the great spirit, but it seems clear to me that there's something out there. Well, let's let Van Morrison take us on a little trip to the out there in his song, Into the Mystic. Let your soul and spirit fly into the mist. 
Tracy, would you describe the Lutherans you grew up with as joyful in general, or were they a little bit too dour and too Ten Commandment-ish for you? Well, there were times when it was dour, definitely. And I think that I, I was, I think, happy when I was involved in the Lutheran Church. But again, there was always that sort of sense of fear, you know, mentioning the Ten Commandments, I guess, my take on the Ten Commandments is that idea that God is like a parent and that as a parent or as anybody who loves another, you want to protect the ones you love from doing things that you know will cause them pain or anyone else around them pain because God loves us all. So I look at the Ten Commandments and that kind of thing now, not how I looked at it when I was growing up, as God saying, you know, I'd really like you to be okay, and I'd really like you to not have to go through a lot of pain. So I'm going to tell you that these are the things that if you do these things, your life will be much happier, and the people around you will be much happier, and I want to see you be happy, as opposed to don't break these rules or there will be hell to pay, which is kind of how I was brought up, that there was a reason you didn't break the rules, and the reason was basically being punished in the final judgment. And that's the part that I definitely did grow up with and that I reject at this point. 
in your stint as a Unitarian, did you, along with the other Unitarians, uh, kind of rewrite the Ten Commandments into the Ten Suggestions? <laughs> Maybe that is where I got that from. I guess I think of them as the Ten Suggestions in a way. Um, but again, not like you should just discard them easily. That this is really wisdom. And so if you want to live a wise and happy life, that these are the things that will help you. They're more like, I look at them as the Ten Guidelines, more than I look at them as the Ten Commandments or the Ten Suggestions. Some people don't think humor has a place in religion and spirituality. It's got to be all serious. And if you're smiling too much, you better leave the church. Some people think that if you enjoy something, you better have some kind of church rules against it. And that definitely includes, for some people, sex. A number of churches over the years have outlawed dancing and singing and just about any of these creaturely activities, including Quakers back at the beginning had opposition to these things, although we don't at all. And as a matter of fact, we're among some of the most singing and dancingest of people I know. But there's a lot of shame that seems to go with having fun. You seem to have a sense of humor, at least if the next song has anything to do with your personality, and it does. Why did you choose it? Tell them about it. Well, the next song that I chose is a Monty Python song, and it's called All Things Dull and Ugly, and it is a spoof on All Things Bright and Beautiful, which is actually a very beautiful song about all the wonderful things that God made in his universe, and it goes through every wonderful thing, wise and wonderful, bright and beautiful, great and small. Monty Python recognized, I guess, the dark side of God and <laughs> that God created also cancer and God created also sharks and stinging and biting poisonous snakes. And I think that, first of all, just to have a sense of humor, I think God has a great sense of humor. And I think that if we don't laugh sometimes at the things we do, that we're really not understanding the full realm of God. I think that the song just kind of points out a couple of things. One is just that everything is the creation. Everything is here for its purpose. And I think sometimes the things that we think are the dark and evil things end up being great blessings in our life. Well, we're lightening up here by listening to Monty Python, All Things Dull and Ugly.
Those guys sure are good. <laughs> okay, we've got one more song for your Song of the Soul. It's another one from Cat Stevens. The song you chose is I Wish, I Wish. And what role has this got in your spiritual journey? Well, when you listen to the lyrics of this song, it's, again, that kind of idea of I wish I understand who you were and I wish I understood what makes you who you are. It says it's just another point of view. I mentioned when we were talking before the interview that I read a book when I was fairly young called Mr. God, This is Anna. It's written by somebody named Finn, and that's the entire author's name. Anna is this little waif of a girl who Finn adopts, and she teaches them about life, and she's about five years old. And One of the things that Anna says is that we all have our point of view, but God has many points from which to view from. I think, again, it kind of comes back to the more I'm exposed to people from many different cultures, from many different faiths, even here in our own country, from many different families, that everybody's experience is so diverse and so unique that there couldn't be only a one-size-fits-all God. And I think that because of that, it's really important to honor when somebody says to you, this is my view, that you can't just say, well, that doesn't make sense. You have to prove to me that that's the truth because there is no proving any of this. And I think that you have to honor that perhaps they have that little piece of the puzzle that you don't have. I think all of our pieces fit together to make the true picture of whatever God is. And and I've been speaking pretty much today about God being like an entity. And I'm not even so sure God is a thing or a a person or a, a creature of any kind of sort as much as the collection of all of our souls and all of our love. But whatever it is, I think we all have some handle on whatever the truth is, some little piece of the puzzle. And I think it's important to honor that in every single person. And if you can, if they will allow you to view their puzzle piece, it can only give you a more expanded view of who is God and what is God and what is truth. So for Tracy's final song in her Song of the Soul, we'll listen to Cat Stevens with his aspirations of reaching wider in his song, I Wish, I Wish.
Tracy, you've got all this beautiful music. Are you able to share it with the school children that you teach in both middle school and elementary school? Part of what I love about my job is that I can share these songs and other songs with kids. I try to be very sensitive to the fact, as I've been saying, that they're all coming from different places and that some of them are coming from homes that are quite fundamental and some of them are coming from homes where God is not something they speak about. And I guess maybe this is my Unitarian Universalist background coming through, but all I try to do is show them something that I consider sacred and spiritual without naming it and without putting boundaries around it. Sometimes that happens not from any lyric or text, but just the experience of us being together and sharing the music together. When I can bring in a song that I think might give them another piece of the puzzle, I try to do that, but I try to do that in a way that's very respectful of, again, who they are and how they're developing as their own creatures with their own points of view and their own experiences. I want to offer you a challenge. I promise to come listen to the school program if you put together a medley that includes something by Monty Python, like All Things Dull and Ugly, with something by Cat Stevens. I think If You Want to Sing Out would be an appropriate one. And maybe just segue into You've Got a Friend. If you put that medley together, I will come and listen to the program. I will definitely take that challenge on. I think that's excellent programming. Thanks, Tracy, for joining me for Song of the Soul. I know you're really busy as a school teacher. Thank you for having me. It's been really fun to talk to you. You've been listening to an interview with Tracy Ullman. You can hear this program again, see notes on it, including the music included in the program, via my website, 
northernspiritradio.org. Song of the Soul is produced by Mark Helpsmeet. If you'd like to share your Song of the Soul with the listeners of WHYS-FM Radio, please contact me via my email address, helpsmeet at usa.net. That's H-E-L-P-S-M-E-E-T at usa.net. And please join me Sundays at 11 a.m. for Song of the Soul. You can be happy, let in the light, it will heal you. And you can feel you and sing out a song of the soul.